welcome to Throne of Game. And today our special guest is Liam from now, Liam, is it? Oh, we were wondering: is it Aradena or Aradenia? Yeah, that's is a it... common. That's a common question. Uh, it's Aradena. Also, just to check, it's Aradena. I, like, is my um, is my audio okay? Is there too much background noise? I'm just wondering whether I need to go outside or not because I'm just in a workspace right now and there's a few other people talking. So um, okay, it's or... a, it's okay if you if you um if you mute in between. It's absolutely fine. It's not okay. not offensive at all. So it's Aradena because I was looking at uh, seeing the game itself is like in the arena, in the Coliseum, in the arena, I thought it might be Aradina actually. So I'm glad that you have cleared that up. Um, um, for those of you listening and joining, Liam from Aradina. Aradina is a really lovely looking card trading game, battle game with NFTs and a player versus player street strategy, beautiful 3D background, very, very sexy looking game. And we're really happy that Liam can join us today. Um, I've got to do the introductions and housekeeping. Um, I am Matthew Nagy. I am the lead designer and economist on Time Raiders. And with me is John Reed, who's the who's big chief wannabooty on Time Raiders. Thank you, John, for joining us so much. <laughs> really good. I got you today, right? <laughs> you did. You caught me totally off guard with that one. Oh man. Housekeeping for those of you listening, please like and retweet the show. We want to share the love far and wide. And uh, you can find us much like the um, what Big Chief is after. Anyway, um, where you can find us, you can find uh, we are sponsored by Time Raiders and Time Raiders. You can find on uh, Time Raiders on Discord and Telegram or at Play Time Raiders. YouTube and Twitter, we thank you, our sponsors, for making this show possible. And you can listen to us live on Twitter Space now, the new time of 3 p.m. UK, every Tuesday, UK time, that's 2 p.m. UTC. Um, and please also subscribe to the Throne of Games podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, and Glitcher. Glitcher, also Amazon and Deezer. It, no, it's Gitcher, isn't it? Getting one way or another, I, 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 I'm going to find you. That's the I'm one. I'm going to get you, get you, get you. I misread it. I stuck an L in there. <laughs> not, not unlike Boulder Gates' new uh, news item, but we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Thank you. We're having a good ball. We're having a ball today. Right. So, Liam, um, the, uh, before we do like a brief news section, do you, would you um, introduce yourself? Give us the elevator pitch of yourself and of, of Aradina, please. Yeah, sure. So to give you a bit of background about myself, um, I originally did a company before this, which was all based on gamified e-learning. Um, so that was sort of my background in terms of gamified applications. Um, did a master's in entrepreneurship from UCL in London. Um, I'm also based in London as well. I think one of you guys are as well, right? Or you're sort of spread across the UK. Yeah, we're spread across um, the UK, yeah. But, but... Yeah, you don't you don't often come across people in this space that are in the UK, so it's quite interesting to speak to a couple of guys that are from the UK. Yeah, well. very cool. Um, we'll have to meet up for a beer in London. But, yeah, yeah, sure. You should let me know when you're down. Um, and we started the company about two years ago, myself and a co-founder. Um, and then it's been a pretty crazy ride since then, to be honest. Um, a lot of ups and downs, but 
in general, we've made a lot of progress since we started, um, built a very large community, made a lot of progress on the dev side, etc, etc. So everything's going well with that. Um, me personally, um, used to, in terms of like gaming, used to spend a lot of my time playing more sort of like, more sort of like shooter games to be honest, played a lot of like Call of Duty, a lot of console games. Um, and then also in terms of similarities to this, more like Civilization probably closest to that I used to play. Yeah. Only in the last couple of years that I sort of getting more into uh, trading card games because I was doing more research into this. Yeah. Um, I got much more of an understanding of those now. Yeah. But we're sort of like uh, doing a crossover between the two, which is what makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, the game looks absolutely gorgeous. We, well, we will get more into that in a minute. Let's. We're, we, uh, we like to have a little what's in the game news section. And we do it this way. We introduce you and then we do it so that you can also comment. So, um, so John, please tell us what is in the game news this week. What's worth? Uh, okay, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll start with uh, Starfield. Uh, it was released last week, I believe. It's Battle Pass tail end of this week. Um, so yeah, so those who had got the premium version, they had a uh, uh, early access. Uh, so far, the reviews are good. Not necessarily great. Um, a lot of the reviews are stating that uh, you need to get a good uh, 15 hours to get really into the game to, to unlock everything. Uh, you've also got to sort of work on what type of skills you, you want before you even start, before you get too far in. Uh, and things really start opening up after that 15 hours. And after you've got the jetpacks, you can actually get around and stuff. But it looks really nice. Uh, there are some images of people that have been really putting a lot of effort into their um, uh, shipbuilding. I don't know whether anybody's seen yet, but uh, there's a few X-Wings floating around there and Millennium Falcons. Uh, very cool. Uh, as you very would. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks really good. Um, Gamescom uh, finished last week. Uh, Going to very quickly sort of run through a few bits and pieces there. Sorry, I'll just remove my microphone. Hopefully you can still hear me. Uh, yeah, it seems to be a year of threes. Um, so Payday 3. Killing four, three, killing four, killing four, killing, killing four, four, three. Nice. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. one, yeah. And Little Nightmares yeah. 3, all of which look yeah. lovely. Uh, and a sneak in there of uh, Age of Empires 4, which looks like a, a like a console update of uh, of two and three. Yeah. But if you ever played Age of Empires, you uh, you know, it's kind of got that nice, very bright, vibrant kind of look mm. to it. So, uh, but now they've sort of given the more, uh, I suppose universal feel and control for uh, for the Xbox controller. Uh, Namco pretty much stole the show with regards to reward uh, rewards awards uh, for Tekken Eight uh, and a number of other bits and pieces as well. But there was uh, Tekken Eight announced uh, Armored Core Six uh, and a few others. Uh, but there's some other sort of indie stuff coming through which look really good. Health Hellscape. Which uh, looks like Tony Hawk's meets Hades. Uh, <laughs> I can okay the pitch. I can see the pitch meeting for that. Okay, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> Let's take Tony Hawk to the next level. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I bet you. Like, I bet, I'm sure uh, that's good though. If it, you know, if you mentioned, if you get a chance, it must look good. Ch check the trailer. It looks yeah, awesome. Okay. It, it's basically, I, I believe it's actually the, the original team behind Tony Hawk. Ah. Before Activision kind of ran it into the ground, they've kind of brought it back with some uh, with a, a fun twist. That's fun. Or should I say a hellish yep. twist. Uh, 
the other one worth mentioning is um thank goodness you're here <laughs> i don't know what you've seen this have you seen this no, this I is seen it. nuts it's uh, to put it, it's got like the, the feel of 1970s beano um with the vibes of warioware but it's uh, it's a bit of a, a cartoon adventure game and it looks insane it's by the guys who did the untitled goose game or that bastard goose game as as we call it in our oh house. this looks really uh, fun actually yeah it's very cartoony yeah mm, that's hilarious quite grown up in its content as well and very very british so it's one worth keeping oh, an eye definitely. on um uh yeah and the other bit as you rightly pointed out was uh, Diab uh sorry Baldur's gate 3 uh there's been a uh well the the developers have admitted they have a have a bug, and this bug is is uh, causing aggressively horny companions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, say, explain that. <laughs> well, well, apparently, you know, you can obviously you can flirt and everything. It's D and D, but ultimately, so you can pretty much do almost anything. And apparently, the Companions that you can pick up, and certainly when you're playing the single player uh, sort of aspect of it, uh, behave particularly um, aggressively horny. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't read too much further into that, but just the, the headline itself tickled me. Big oh, that time. is so, so funny. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not too much of a bug and they keep some of it in, but uh, you know, it's still not released on the PlayStation yet. So oh, uh, my that's why I've been hanging that's on. That's so funny. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's great. There, there are no more words. No, no, no. That's, uh, that, that, but, but worth looking that's, into. That's the news of the week, and, you know. And um, aggressively horny companions brings us really nicely to the title of the topic of the week, which is product market fit. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Oh, anyway, what an awesome segue, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so okay anyway j joking aside you know our topic of the week is product market fit between web 2 and web 3 not fitting into aggressively horny companions um <laughs> so moving moving swiftly forward um you know it's really interesting um that i i really love the look of Aradina. It is it's really, really beautiful looking game. Um, you know, Liam, I'm not sure how you feel about the horny companion part, but the um you, do you, I don't think you have any horny companions amongst your thieves and and archers and and mages and things like that. Um this game just looks absolutely beautiful. I love the art of the cards, which I which are NFTs, right? And and you're able to um, upgrade them. It's very similar to Time Raiders, the upgrade path. Um, I, I love the live battle. You you know you were mentioning uh, where you, the strategy games kind of that you were into at one point. I can kind of see elements of that within this with the the the, the look of the 3D battlefield as represented at least on the on in the artwork. Um, so Liam, talk to us. Tell tell us a bit more about the project itself. Yeah, sure. So the project itself started just over two years ago. It was about July 2021. Uh, myself and a co-founder started it. Um, originally, between the two of us, we only had about 
$5,000 in savings at the time or something like that that we put into it. We weren't too long out of uni and a couple of years out of uni. Um, so pretty modest beginnings. Um, and the way that we started off was we basically built a community pretty organically and then did an initial asset sale, um, like an NFC sale, um, in August 2021. And that's what generated initial revenue for us, which we then just reinvested the entire amount back into the business. Um, raised some investment, built out the core team, and then sort of started development towards the end of 2021. Um, been a really long journey for us so far in terms of development. I think that um, when, when, when I talk about the project and what sort of makes us different, and also just talking about Web3 gaming in general, I think there's probably three main problems or pain points in the industry at the moment. The first one being that most, like, games need to be unique, right? And Web3 games so far have mostly relied on pretty safe bets. Um, well, when I say safe bets, what I kind of mean by that is like kind of cloning pre-existing game designs and then um, just sort of like redoing it in a Web3 genre. Um, and they've also tended to rush out quite low quality gameplay. Um, so like we've taken the time to develop quite iteratively um, spent quite a lot of money on building a very high quality online gaming experience. I think that we're about to see a lot of higher quality projects get released in the next 12 months or so. I think the common question I've heard people say like, traditional gamers complaints on like Reddit forums and stuff like that is like, why are Web3 games not fun yet sort of thing. And I think one of the main answers to that is because it's still a really new industry. So like most companies like in the industry raise their seed round around a similar time to us, like end of 2021, start of 2022. If you think about how long it takes to develop a really solid game, you're looking at at least like 18 months to make something decent. Um, so for most studios, Web3 game studios, they've not even got to the end of that timeline yet. Um, so I think that's like sort of one thing that people need to really keep in mind when they talk about sort of Web3 gaming. And I'm, I'm sure I'm probably preaching to the choir a little bit here, whereas most people here are probably interested in Web3 gaming already. But when people in traditional gaming talk about it, that's sort of the main thing I say is like, look guys, it's a really new industry. Um, projects like our own, we're still in beta stage right now. We're not looking to do full release until <clears throat> four or five months time, after which that would be about 24 months of development, which is really where you want to be at. Um, if you really want to take like an iterative process, <clears throat> make pivots along the way, like adjust your development process to use the feedback and stuff like that, um, and you want to make a high quality, especially if it's an online game as well, then you really do need that time to develop it properly, or else you're just going to rush out low quality gameplay. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally hear you. We, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. Yeah, we, we, for time writers, we said we don't want to just throw something out. We want to make, I mean, effectively, we call it Diablo with guns. You know, and remaking it, remaking, um, but it's its own thing in its own right because it's the greatest treasure hunt through all space and time. But it's just the closest thing we can compare it to. But you, I'll tell you what, if you can get half as successful as Diablo, then you'll be doing very, very oh, well. exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, right? So, but like, we, you know, we didn't just throw something out, we, you know, we, we're sitting, we're, we're, we're thinking about it, we're polishing it, you know, we're making sure, you know, we will be approaching our beater probably about the same time as you guys. So, um you know a hundred percent and then when you also take into account the fact that you're not just like creating games itself is hard right everybody knows that creating a fun yeah. addictive game is, is diff very difficult challenge in itself and that's why so few of them are, are really like radically successful yeah. but then when you also have to take into account the fact that you're in a brand new industry and you have to marry the web3 side in as well which makes this, the whole system incredibly more complex yeah. and also there's no like clear proven blueprint on how to make it work yet because people are trying out new ideas it's not really like there's not one proven blueprint of like how to set up yet so a lot of people are like coming up with new, like we're going to probably discuss today like you know how do you think about making it accessible to both web 2 side and web 3 side 
how do you think about removing barriers to entry? How do you think about marketing to two different, slightly different target segments yeah. and stuff like that? All that. Those are all like very new questions that you're also trying to work out at the same time of doing something which is itself very difficult, which is making a fun and addictive online game. So exactly. Well, you know, and it's funny because uh, we do have the benefit of as many games as we have played, and we we know that bit's fun and this bit's very compelling and you know, I want to work this in somehow. I want to work that in. And, and then, but we've got, but it's a really, it's a white, it's a whiteboard, you know, it's like we get to go, okay, what's the best bit about web three gaming? What's the best bit about utility NFTs? How do we incorporate a web three economy into a game that web two players also are going to be happy to come to and play without, you know, where it doesn't interfere with the game, but they've played the game, they've enjoyed the game, they've loved it, and they put it down and they realize, oh my goodness, I made a hundred bucks, you know? And it, so it's great. It's really fun hitting the, hitting the, the design with the old, with that fresh, um, you know, it hasn't been written yet. So, you know, it is brilliant. Anyway. Yeah. Um, in t again, in total agreement with you. So, um, yes. Um, so, you know, you were talking about market strategy and, and um, you know, the things that you guys are planning. Do you want to talk a little bit more into that? You know, you know, obviously you built the community first, but so what are your plans? What do you, where are you going next? Sure, yeah. So uh, I'll just touch on that last bit first about like what the plans are, and then I'll talk a bit more about my general thoughts on going to market strategy oh, for, for Web3 gaming in general. Yeah, um, so for us, like we did our like sort of initial beta launch in June, got some really solid player metrics from that, um, and then we're going into full release at the start of next year. Um, so that's sort of like the plans of the, the game development so far and the, the publishing release. Um, in terms of go-to-market strategy, so the way that I've thought about it which I think some people in the space agree with, but not, not everyone, but the way that I think about it, right, is that having like an early focus on the Web3 segments. So I think for us in particular, Web3 TCG gamers, Web3 gamers in general, have initially offered the lowest sort of barriers and cost to convert. Um, so what we try and do is we leverage the inherent community evangelism that comes with Web3 and people having a stake within the ecosystem and within the game and the fact that they financially benefit from that ecosystem growing. So it's like we... We initially, it's easier for us to target Web3 gamers and Web3 community. Um, and a big part of that is the prospective long-term value um, from the potential of the ecosystem token and the game assets increasing in value as you get wider adoption. So like our mission has always been to get wider adoption from traditional gamers. Like everything that we've done has always been with that in mind, like every decision we yeah. take. Um, and after full release, we'll focus primarily on scaling into the larger traditional gaming market once we're in a position to do so. Yeah. There's, I'll, I'll talk in a second about, you know, the I think the prerequisites that are needed in order to yes, do that. Yes, please. But just the, the fact that the, the promise of us doing that gives, like, a lot of prospective long-term value to those who come into the project now who are mostly Web3-based. So, like, you can come into the project now. Number one, you can still have a pretty high-quality game experience. Number two, there's, like, immediate value in the sense that, you know, in, when we offer competitive tournaments, you can win tokens or game items and stuff like that. And then there's also the long-term value of, like, if you purchase tokens right now and you purchase game assets right now with a much lower number of users than we'd expect to have in 12 months' time, then you'd expect the, the, that value to go up as yeah. well. Um, and then 
in terms of after full release, we'll then focus on scaling into the larger traditional game yeah, market. Yeah, go for it. I think there's a few key things that are required there. The first one, which is you know pretty obvious, is removing barriers to entry, which for us looks like having a free-to-play model integrated, having progression routes along those lines, and deferring the Web3 onboarding until values are cured by the player. So what I mean by that is, let, let's say you're a traditional gamer who comes into the ecosystem, um, never like never got involved in the Web3 ecosystem before. You can just sign up with like a social sign or something and be playing the game within a couple of minutes and not even really need to know <clears throat> need to know anything about the Web3 side. Yeah. Because um, the, the sort of core focus is, or like the step one is basically getting them to get hooked into the game, like enjoy the game, hooked into the game. And then let's say you enter into some sort of like tournament um, after a couple of weeks and you perform quite well in that tournament. You might win, for example, like an NFT card asset. You would then put that in your inventory. But in order to actually claim it, monetize it and trade it, um, you'd then need to create a Web3 wallet. So it's kind of like putting a bit of like of a carrot at the end of that effort, I think, is, a, is a, probably the way that we think about onboarding people um, rather than putting that sort of friction at the start of the onboarding process. Yeah. Um, so I think that's currently the way that we're thinking about trying to remove barriers to entry for people. And then I think also the importance of utilizing um, primary distribution platforms as well. Um, so we're looking at getting on Epic Games at some point in the next like, month or so. And then Steam is an interesting one. I'm starting to see a couple more games, Web3 games, sort of sneak their way onto Steam, even though Steam hasn't been like fully open towards it. So it's kind of interesting seeing how that will go. I know I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to name them because I don't want to get them in trouble. No, no, no. <laughs> if, they don't, if they don't want to, if they don't want people to know, but. No, that's right. Well, Steam's got some interesting rules with regards to NFTs or blockchain. Um, the the way that they've worded things is, yeah, you're right. They, they don't want to be involved with blockchain. More to the point, they don't want games that mint to the blockchain. However, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, and, and obviously I'm going to end up paraphrasing here, but it's it's something on the lines of you can use an NFT to reward a player, like redeeming <laughs> Um, a voucher but you can't take anything away from the game therefore you can't sell anything if you've earned it within the game I think so it's kind of it's kind of like a halfway house kind of situation really yeah yeah I think that what they're kind of doing is they're leaving themselves in a position where if they get any sort of uh, come back from their community, then it's easier for them to completely move away from it. It's like Epic have come out in sort of more active, proactive support of Web3, whereas Steam are still in the position where they could turn around at any moment and be like, okay, we're not actually going to support Web3 games. Like, like we're going to go through and actually actively remove those who we think are using Web3 technology yeah. on the platform. But I yeah, definitely know absolutely. I definitely know of a couple of games right now and a couple of other founders who have got their games onto Steam and set it up in a way where they just don't have the Web3 side involved in Steam. They have that all in this, like a separate client, or like whether it's like a web client or something like that, um, which is an interesting way of doing it. For us right now, our main focus is, is definitely Epic. Like We're looking to get on Epic ASAP in the next like month or so. Um, and I think that is the safer bet because they're, they, they're in more like sort of proactive support of Web3 gaming. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in fact, they, they've, they've even come out and said, so, said as much. But I guess Steam's position is they're being very cautious with regards to the gambling laws. And, of course, that's, that's one thing that is, uh, has the potential to cause some serious problems in certain countries. So I guess that's, that's their way of going, right, you know what, 
if there's a chance that blockchain could create a, a you know a, a concern with regards to gambling there and they're not already licensed or even the, the game developers aren't licensed for gambling then you know, they, they want to make sure they can easily wash their hands of it well it's it's possible it's that but also they're very well established um in with their taxation legalities in the states and the the states um, are still making a lot of decisions as to whether they're going to govern, try, attempt to govern the what is was purposely built to be ungovernable. You know, so <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that's another reason they may be sitting on the fence because you know there are lots of people think that um, that the U.S. is going to crack down at some point somehow, um, and so yeah. Anyway, but. Um, um, Liam, I'm aware we kind of um, you've got um, a hard stop today at is is 30 or 35. It's 27 uh, around, already. Around, so around 35, 40. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got another meeting at about uh, 22. Um, okay, so right. Still, okay, still good so, for like another 10 minutes or so. Okay, great. Um, uh, you know, I just want to be sensitive to that. Um, you know, um, so let's let's move to the the kind of long term, longer term questions. You know. Um, your, you know, your long-term view for the game, your perspective of value for the user, player retention. You know, how do you see the player investment in your game? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, players invest in like already our community and players have invested into the game in a variety of ways. Um, mostly through the game assets themselves. So we did like our initial Warriors of Aradena collection, NFC collection, in August 2021, as I said before. Um, we also did a card pack sale earlier this year, which we'll be looking at um, sort of releasing another one some point in the near future as well. Um, and you can stay updated about that on our Twitter and other socials. Um, and then also the token as well. So we released our ecosystem token a couple of months ago. So obviously that allows players to make investments into the game ecosystem. I think that one really interesting thing around really what Web3 is all about is about sharing more value in the ecosystem with the users in the ecosystem. Um, I think that's sort of like one of the primary aims of what Web3 is trying to do. So we're also trying to set up our ecosystem in that exact way. So the, the idea, is, as I was sort of mentioning earlier, right, is that the idea is that if you're someone <clears throat> who's an early adopter in the ecosystem, there's very large prospective long-term value. So like, let's say you um, own some of the ecosystem tokens now, or you own some of the game assets now, you would expect the value of those assets to increase substantially as there's wider adoption in the game ecosystem and there's a higher number of users as essentially just more demand for using that currency and using those assets. Um, so right now we're still in like an early beta stage, um, still have like a limited number of users, not focusing too much on marketing right now. Whereas in Q1 of next year, we'll do our full release. We'll focus a lot more on scaling into the traditional gaming market. And that's what gives potential perspective value to those um, who are like sort of early adopters. Um, so that's yeah. probably the best way of thinking about it. But we're actually, interestingly enough, we're also actually doing like some uh, like a crowdfunding at the moment as well, um, just like on the e actual equity basis into the game studio, um, which right. we've opened up to like high net worth individuals <laughs> and angels. So if anyone's interested in any kind of structure like that, then they're welcome to send me a DM on Twitter about it, and I can speak to them more about it. But yeah, in terms great. of just like on the retail market, then it's mostly just the token assets um, and also the game assets themselves, the NFTs. And we could talk yeah. a little bit more about how we set up as well in terms of like a two-part economy. I know that you're quite interested in talking about how we make games accessible to both Web 2 and Web 3 players. One of the ways we've done that, I think, which is similar to what I was talking to John about yesterday, um, yeah. what you're, what, how you guys are thinking about it. 
is like we sort of have like a silver and a gold economy um, where it's like one's more accessible to Web2 users, one more accessible to Web3 users, like one's more based around an in-game coin and in-game assets. And then the gold economy is based on the utility token and on-chain assets. Um, yeah. So that's sort of how we set up the ecosystem to work. That's great. That's really good because uh, Time Raiders is heading the same, re- same way. My other game, Battle Rise, is heading the same way. You know, we 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 want to cater to cater to both, and and you know we're hoping to bridge Web two players to Web three and to show them actually, guys, th- this is actually a good thing. You know, you've been paying lots of money for a long time in to to buy your enjoyment. You know, it's time that you 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 get paid for your investment. You know, or if you find something extremely rare, legendary, that when you're done playing with it and you're done using it, you have a safe means of selling it to someone else. Hundred percent. I find it. I find it. Cra- well, I was actually looking through some Reddit forums the other day discussing Web three gaming, like in like sort of traditional gaming Reddit forums, and I was I found it almost a little bit confusing. Like some people's perspectives on it, and like the problem and the, sort of like the the problems they took with Web three gaming, which like seem to have like a fundamental misunderstanding of the fact that what is the, the main principle of what it's essentially doing is it's sharing more of the value in the ecosystem with the users and with the players rather than it just like all of your assets and all of your data being retained by the studio. The fact that you actually can gain some of the value of that ecosystem as well. Um, it was interesting how like a lot of people sort of framed it as like ways of game studios trying to make more money Whereas actually what really it's about is sharing more of the value with the users, which is like almost the direct opposite. Exactly. Yeah. It, makes, it, it creates vested interest, literally vested interest. Someone who's played the game for hundreds of hours and have got various assets that they own and they can <sighs> choose to keep and use or part with it, you know, at, at their discretion. Absolutely. I, I to- yeah, totally agree. There's another element here, which obviously you've got these three different categories of game, I suppose. You've got your premium where you pay up front for, you know, you could be paying 40, 50, 60 plus dollars, whatever, however, you know, whatever level premium or, or console or whatever. Then you've got your normal free to play and then you've got your web three. And of course, in a lot of cases, and this is the same as we've been discussing, is the fact that certainly our games are free to play. They're free to play with Web3 capability. So when you're getting a free to play, at what point does the developer you know, actually make any money back? Because obviously you're not buying outright in the first place, uh, which is traditionally how a developer makes the game, that makes the money or the publisher makes the money back. Um, and of course, you've got to pay for for people have got to be able to be have a livelihood to be able to make these games. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, that's their job, that's their life. Um, so, and of course, free to play, yes, it is literally free to play, but obviously there are payment aspects to it, whether it's to advance your enjoyment, to remove ad- advertising or, or whatever. But of course, that's the way of clawing it back. But it's free to play, so you can get more people on. And even if it's just a percentage of people that will pay a little bit of something here or there or whatever, then of course, that's that's where the money comes in. And as you guys rightly point out, when it comes to Web3, yeah, if you're putting money in, actually, the more you play, you've got a chance of making money back, uh, especially if you are earning uh, an in-game currency. 
that you can cash out or or exchange for something else or an nft and nfts of course could be tradable um whether it's with money or more nfts or or whatever but at least you know you're not just putting the money in you're getting something back for the all the times and the hours you put in you know there's there's a lot of positive sides to this yeah. but but i think you also got to remember that at some point somebody needs to pay a wage <laughs> Um, to be able to make the game in the first place, nothing comes for yeah, so free. There, there was a really good. I think that yeah, go for it. There, there was a really good article that was released by Delphi Digital last year. It's called "The Future of Crypto Gaming." It's really interesting. It sort of talks about. It goes into a lot of like the history of gaming and like monetization design, and it talks about how there's like sort of been a stagnation in design at the monetization level in free to play, which kind of skews too much towards value extraction, and then talks about. Web3 presenting the next step in evolution in the monetization of gaming. <clears throat> I think what's really interesting <clears throat> is that it actually creates a lot of win-win scenarios for both the users and the developers and creators. So the users like have the obvious ones, which is like digital property rights, you actually own your assets, secondary market liquidity, you can trade and sell to other players, and you can retain the value from your investments if you're leaving a gaming ecosystem as well. Like think about the amount of people that have spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on a game they love and then they just you know they have a kid or something and they have to move on with their life and then they just can't get any of that value back that's i think a massive pain point and then as you mentioned before the value created across the game it cures to an ecosystem token which those players can purchase or earn so it's like there's there's very tangible benefits to being like early into an ecosystem um, and then curing value as the ecosystem grows which then in turn i think creates some very interesting competitive advantages to the developers and the creators as well. So my, my thesis at the moment, which I think we've got some good data on so far, is a couple of key things. One is the fact that I think uh, Web3 games <clears throat> should be able to drive lower customer acquisition rates because there's such a strong sense of community evangelism and such a strong like sort of word of mouth power that you can leverage in the sense that the players in the ecosystem are actually financially incentivized for that ecosystem to grow if they hold any assets or they hold any tokens. It's actually yeah. financially beneficial to them for more people to join that ecosystem. So there's like a really powerful mechanic there that create, uh, that developers and creators can tap into to get people to refer people and, and, and bring people in and spread word of mouth. So that's the first thing on like that sort of that side of the business model on the acquisition side. And I think on the other side, there's a very big opportunity to drive higher than average um, player spends and customer lifetime values because the fact that it's so much easier to get someone to buy into an ecosystem if they know that they can also sell those assets at a later date. They might play the game for a month and decide they want to move on and they can sell those assets and recuperate that value. Um, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it, in theory, it should be so much easier to get people to spend money in game when they know that it's not just a sunk cost, basically. So yeah. it's like if you can drive cheaper customer acquisition and higher uh, customer lifetime values, then that creates a much more powerful business model as well. Um, yeah. So it's like there's, there's kind of win-wins on both sides, right? And obviously there's still, the, the, the industry needs to mature to actually like prove this all so far. But you know, from our yeah. initial metrics, I think we have some solid evidence of, of both of those. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm aware um, your hard stop is coming up. We do have a couple of questions that we, we were giving away up to three NFTs today for questions from the listeners. So um, the first question for you is, um, is um, you, you've sort of answered it. It's when, when do you see that the game is going to launch? Um, is it launching with a, a, a 
it's launching uh, the model of the game. When is the play to earn version of the game launching is the question. And, and how is the player going to earn? Yeah, so the, uh, I'll answer the second one first because it's a little bit easier to do that around. So the player will earn through competitive tournaments, basically. So the way that we've set up the ecosystem, which I think is really important for a sustainability of a Web3 economy, is that if you're, you're just like generally playing on a standard day-to-day -day basis, you earn an in-game um, soft currency, just like the in-game coin, which is not a cryptocurrency and doesn't have monetary value. The yep. on-chain utility token that has monetary value is only available to earn in limited time events, so weekend tournaments and stuff like that. The reason being is that I think there's a lot of problems if you, your ecosystem is set up in a way where you can constantly extract value from it. We sort of saw this example with like how SLP worked in Axie Infinity. When you have that like sort of inflationary and unlimited earning aspect of, a, of an on-chain token, it creates quite large problems for the sustainability of that ecosystem so yeah. you can earn through limited time events let's say like weekend tournaments for example um and then those opportunities we already have like offered uh, one or two out through like the beta tournaments so there's already been opportunities to earn assets and tokens um, like the the one that we did in june um nice. but the full release will be when that really starts and that will be um from q1 of next year in about four or five months time great Fantastic. Okay, and a second question, um, just kind of picking through the question a little bit because it's sort of a sentence in several questions. But um, really, the, the, the heart of the second question from Supertigger is how are you incentivizing your players to, to get into the NFTs and the virtual currency? Yeah, so I spoke a little bit on this before. It's the way that we think about onboarding is basically the value, some of the value will occur before you're like sort of asked to onboard to Web3. So if you're a free-to-play traditional game that comes into the ecosystem, you can play the game straight away, log in with a social sign-in, have no interaction with the Web3 side. And then let's say, for example, you enter into one of these competitive tournaments that we just spoke about. You may then win some tokens and some NFT assets, which you'll be able to see in your inventory account, in your game account. But in order to actually claim that, in order to like monetize it, trade it, sell it, or do anything with it, you would then yeah. need to onboard to a Web3 wallet. So it's like the, the perceived effort is so much more worth it when you already have something on the other side of it. Exactly. It's just like yeah. creating the, having that friction at the start of the process will just create a massive churn rate otherwise. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And um, are you, uh, just out of curiosity, um, does any wallet claim, you know, how are you solving the whole, the onboarding, the the wallet issues for, um, sorry, it's not issues, the, the, you know, the, the onboarding and the wallet. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're discussing with quite a few different people at the moment. I think there's lots and lots of people that are trying to innovate in that space right now. Um, yeah. I know that IMX have released their passport. Um, well, I think it might be in beta right now, but they're like just starting to onboard a couple of uh, studio games to it. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that we're paying close attention to. And then there's a few other different ones as well that we're paying close attention to. But I think there's there's lots and lots of um, companies that are currently, ha well, have been raising in the last couple of years and are still raising yeah. to provide better wallet solutions. So yeah. I think that the best thing with that is just keeping your ear to the ground and trying to figure out which one of those are doing it best. Yeah. Um, what, what chain are you guys on? Uh, so we're on IMX. <clears throat> You're on my, so you are, you are on my IMX. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so that's, there you go. It's on IMX guys. Um, Liam, thank you so much. I'm aware you've got another call. Um, we can do the kind of end of space housekeeping 
after you've gone. We want to thank you so much for coming on. Your game really does look beautiful. Listeners, please go check out Aradina at aradina.io, A-R-A-D-E-N-A. Serena with A-D stuck in the middle. Um, and Liam, thank you so much. Uh, we'll keep in touch. Maybe we can have you back again as you get closer to release date. Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, any last words before you go? Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. <clears throat> thank you for having me. Um, just if anyone wants to find out more about us, then you can check out our Twitter, which is Aradina Warrior. Um, and you can also get a link, go into our link tree there and head into our Discord. Our Discord is the best place to join in order to learn more about the project. And there's always a variety of community members in there that are happy to answer any questions. Um, and then if you have any interest in investing in the game through tokens or equity or in any kind of way, then feel free to send me a DM on Twitter as well. And if you're interested in playing the game, um, then come over, uh, join our website, aradina.io, um, and you can create a game account on there. You'll get a free um, in-game warrior at first. Um, which you can create and customize and then you can have a look around we've got like a 3d world map there you can look into some of the lore you can look into more of the background of Aradina, like what the kingdom's about uh, and then you can learn more about the game there as well and come and get involved fantastic awesome. thank you so much for joining us today brilliant well let, we, we we release you to to your uh, your business goal your other duties yes yeah your other cheers, duties guys. So, cheers so, Guys, thank you guys so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, thank you to the listeners who um, have sent in questions today. You have, you will be receiving your MechSuit NFT. Please get in touch via the Discord channel so that we can sort you out and we can get we can get those claimed for you. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll reach out to. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so, guys, thank you very much, John. Thank you for as ever for being my beautiful host, spinning the wheel. And everything and everything that you do and getting the news. Um, everybody out there, we love you too. We know that you're all absolutely wonderful. And we thank you for listening today. Um, please like the show. Please retweet the space. Please follow and subscribe. Ring the bell and all that jazz. Um, wait, you can find us. Our host are Time Raiders. And you can find them at Time Raiders on Discord and Telegram. And on YouTube and Twitter, you can find them at Playtime Raiders, and you can listen to us live on this Twitter space now at the new time of 3 p.m. UK every Tuesday. That's 2 p.m. UTC. And you can subscribe to any of the podcasts, the Throne of Games podcast, on all the major pod podcast platforms, podform platcasts, including <laughs> Gonna Get You. Gonna Get You. Uh, yeah, and do remember those are edited versions. So as you many people are aware, the the live streams, as brilliant as they are, uh, often we have various different technical glitches, um, dropouts, and things like that. So we uh, we tidy them up, give them some special effects and some music and stuff. So uh, it's uh, a little bit easier to listen to. Plus, we have the full catalog there too. All good. Thank you so much. Well, guys, until next week. And do we do we know who our special guest is for next week? Can we announce? I it? think it's I think it's a TBC for now. I think we'll, it's a TBC, uh, we'll save the okay. until later. Yeah. TBC. Okay. We love TBC. They're fantastic. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. We will see you next week. Bye for now.